Welcome to Viva La Volva, the podcast that explores and teaches about the goodness of the vulva. Here is your host, Dr. Kara Quant, an internal medicine doctor and advocate for female sexual health. Hello and welcome to the Viva La Volva podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kara Quant, and this is a special episode today. I'll get into uh, who this is to the side of me. Uh, She's my girlfriend, Eliana, and we wanted to do an episode about our coming out stories. So October 11th is National Coming Out Day. I thought it would be empowering to have this conversation. And Lily Wang is here and she is our guest host, hostess with the mostest that will be asking us questions to kind of make it like a a conversation. Thank you for having me again, Dr. Kara. And so nice to meet you, Eliana. We just always have so much fun with our episodes and we were deciding on what could we talk about next and I was asking Kara like what's your story like what's in your love life and she was telling me that she had a girlfriend so I was like oh, let's record and talk about that and just in perfect timing for coming out day in October so here we are celebrating and thank you for having me be your quasi guest host <laughs> <laughs> We talked about like Viva La Vulva and then maybe I was like, ooh, is this how you two met? And I guess we could, you know, just open up the floor and discuss how did the two of you meet or how did you know that you were bi and wanted to explore someone of the same sex as you? I can start. So, well, we met on Tinder. (laughs) And yeah, good old Tinder. Trusty Tinder. Trusty Tinder. And like, I generally like having, like meeting people in person and, you know, like being introduced to people through friends and I'll get to my coming out story uh, or my story of being bi or how I knew I was bi in, in a bit. But I was like, I want to date women and I felt like I didn't really have game and I didn't know who, like, I didn't know, you know, just walking on the street, like who is interested in women or who is not. So I was like, you know, let me just get on an app because I feel like it's really easy and you can just put like what sex, what, you know, what sex you (laughs) want. And so that was how it happened. It was like, okay, I want to start dating women more, like, let's see how this happens. And so I went on a few, like, I interacted with a couple of people, like, you know, via text message over the app. And I went on a couple of dates. And then, yeah, then I met Eliana. And I was like, okay, this is, (laughs) I'm interested. Like, let's, let's know more. So I want to touch upon a few things that you said. It makes so much sense. Like when you're walking down the street, you don't have like a radar to know who's gay, bi, or lesbian. You can only say hi. And maybe if they say hi back to you a certain way with a wink or what, then you get the special signal. But I mean, I guess, you know, with today's technology, having an app like Tinder, being able to do all the automated filtration for you and filters it's so easy, but so that's great that you were able to connect and meet that way. But I would ask a couple steps back. How did you know you wanted to date women versus clicking the men category, for example? 
Yes. So I, I guess that could take me back to when I knew I was bi. I mean, I think I've always had a an attraction to women, but it's more of like, oh, she's pretty, she's cute, like she's attractive. Okay. Not to not to have sex or have you know like have a romantic relationship, but I've always thought that women were attractive, and so I've dated men up into like my. I mean, I'm bi, so like I've dated men up until like recently, but I was like, let me, I just felt something in me that was like, let me date women more. Like, let me explore this more. And so my first girlfriend, because I did have a girlfriend before, um, my first girlfriend was uh, like five or six years ago. And I remember like, you know, hanging out with her, getting to know her more and my family met her, but they met her in the, the friend category. It was like, oh, this is my friend. Like, you know, meet my friend. <laughs> they had no <laughs> idea. <laughs> they, had no, they had no idea. And I, like, I didn't give them hints, or at least I didn't think I gave them hints about, like, you know, who if I was dating her or not. Right. Um, and then we talked, the girlfriend and I talked about it, and it was like, why don't you just tell your parents? Like, why don't you just come out and tell your parents? And so that was like a hard story, even though like there are plenty of gay people in my life. Like I have a gay uncle. There's, I mean, there's, you know, gay cousins. Like there's people in my life that my family has embraced. But for myself, I was like, this is nerve wracking. And, and so I remember telling my, my mom first, like right before the holidays because mm-hmm. I didn't want my girlfriend to go to come with me to the holidays, you know, meet the rest of my family. And I was like, the holidays. <laughs> the holidays, yes. And I wanted people to meet her. And so I told my mom and I was like, actually, she's not my friend. She's my girlfriend. <laughs> and so my mom was like, you know, a little surprised, but she was like, I love you just the same. Awesome. Like, let's get to know her. And so it was it was an embracing story. And the same with my dad. I think my dad, I, don't know, I had a little bit more like a, of a hesitation to tell my dad versus my mom. But it was it was the same thing. Like, it was not a bad story. Like, it wasn't it wasn't a bad outcome. You're lucky. You're one of the few that has <laughs> loving, embracing parents that obviously accepted you and love you no matter what. And I'm just, I was just wondering like, why is it so taboo? Why is that such a stressful thing to us disappointing our parents? And why would, why do we a care about what our parents think so much, but then B for their approval and for them to be okay with our, our life decisions and sexualities. But yeah, it is. It's just, it's a heavy time and question and I'm just glad that you've got the support that you deserve yeah and I think that it is really I yes I do appreciate it and I think that it's I'm more authentic like I can just be myself with my family with my friends that I think I probably wasn't able to do that much before saying that I was also attracted to women you had a huge weight lifted off of you. Oh, sure, a definite weight lifting. And that was like later, I mean, I say later in my life, but like in my early 30s, like, and I feel like that's 
kind of late in like the coming out age. I don't know. What would you say? Right? It's never too late. You're yeah. You know, you're never too late. No, you're never too late. Yeah. No, that was such a good story. And uh, what about you? Tell us your story, Eliana. Well, I actually came out when I was 15. So that, <laughs> so I have so a, a long time before a pretty I did. different story. <laughs> I came out to my peers, my friends when I was 15, but didn't until I was 18 to my mother. And it was a, it was a battle with her for a while. I was leaving for school to go back east, and apparently I had left a note to my girlfriend at the time on the table in the kitchen, which I didn't do intentionally, but this is what she told me after, and she read it, and so when I got on the plane, it was a night flight, it was dark, everybody was quiet, she confronted me, and she asked me... It was the year after 9-11, so I got a random check on my bag, and I was the last person on the plane. So I kind of walk up to my seat, and she looked visibly, like, mad, and I asked her, what's wrong? And she was like, you know what's wrong. And I was like, whoa, okay. And it was, I had, like, thought, maybe I should come out to my mom. I'm ready. Like, I'm moving back east. I'm, like, starting new maybe it's time. And then I like chickened out kind of at the last minute. I was like, no, I don't want to disrupt anything. So when she, when she said that to me, I was like, well, now's my chance to be honest and authentic. And so I said, well, this is who I am. And she's like, no, this is not who you are. And I think back now, like, I'm sure the whole plane heard me. (laughs) It was pretty bad. I mean, I can like laugh about it now, but it was pretty traumatic. I think I like cried myself to sleep. Like she like yelled at me for a little bit. My brother was like in between us or, you know, he was sitting in the window seat and I was like, please let me like switch. And she was like, no, you have to sit next to me. It was, it was kind of crazy. You know, we arrive in Baltimore Yeah, I'm not going to get into, like, full details, but she was, like, she basically was, like, I think, you know, you need to, like, go to therapy, you can't be gay, or I'm not going to pay for your tuition, like, you know, she threatened my schooling, all this stuff, took me to the priest, (laughs) and then, yeah, and wait on you and the pressure of just we were just talking about how we want our parents approval and love and support and for you to get that kind of like wham all on top of you as you're starting back to school as you said east coast so geographically even away from home literally and emotionally away from home what was next after the priests and therapy so so, and, and yeah so I remember this moment just getting into my dorm room with like nothing, like I didn't have anything really there yet. And just like sitting on the bed and being like, Oh my God, what did I do? I like left my girlfriend. I moved to a place that I don't know anybody. Um, my mom doesn't love me. Like it was like a really like hard moment. And then, you know, she was, so I basically told her like, all right, fine. I won't be gay, whatever you want. Uh, just to like appease her. And like, I was like, okay. And she left 
And of course I was like, I'm not going to not be gay or this is who I am, you know? So (laughs) she left and I saw her like at Thanksgiving, she flew out and we didn't discuss it at all. It was like no word of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then I stayed in Baltimore for a year and I just wasn't vibing with the school or the city. And so I decided to transfer back to LA to a college here in Pasadena. And when I moved back, I stayed at her house for a while before I got my apartment. And it was just like, like we just opened the whole can of worms again. Like uh-huh. she, So for years it took, it was like, it was really hard for her. Like, I think she was struggling like is this my fault or what did I do wrong or you know and I think even like talk like being out about having a lesbian daughter like was hard for her to talk to her friends about and so what did you say to your mom like when she asked that like oh my gosh how is this how why and how did this happen is it how do you explain it? Is it just something that you feel? It's just how you were, you're born with it. This is the way you are. And yeah, I mean, I remember really early memories of like thinking that girls were pretty and, you know, wanting to be their friends and even like sexual encounters as a child. And then it didn't really like click until I was, I met my first girlfriend at, like 14 mm-hmm. and I totally fell in love and I felt butterflies and just like all these feelings that I had never felt for a boy. And at, at first I was bi, I felt identified as bi. And then, yeah, I mean, at later over the years, I was like, I'm lesbian. Like I don't have the same connections with men. Like I don't feel the same way. Yeah. So she didn't really understand that, but I think it's and fast hard. forward. Is mom, has mom come around? Mom has done one play. Yeah. Complete <laughs> come around. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It took some time. It took some years, but you know, she finally was just like, after a few girlfriends, she was like, okay, like nothing's changing. changing. <laughs> just um, I want to be a part of your life. And wow. uh, my last girlfriend, which was a pretty long relationship, but she was like the first one where she really embraced her and she took her like in as family and my, like my whole family did. And it was, it was like beautiful to be able to bring my girlfriend to, you know, call it to the holidays, holidays and yeah. everybody was like, you know, acting as if like it was normal. Like it was for, for so long, it wasn't normal, you know? So it was like a really good feeling. And my mom is now like, are you going to have kids? Like, <laughs> I, were you getting married? Like, this is like, no, you know, like, I, yeah, it's awesome. really awesome. Well, thank you for, being true to yourself and you stayed strong this whole time so that you can be not only honest with yourself, but then to your family and friends. And now you're both just glowing and happy because you don't have to hide anything and you're accepted and loved just for who you are. And um, yay. No, thank you for sharing that story because I don't have very many friends in the LGBTQ community. I mean, I have a lot of colleagues and work professionals, but I've never been able to like just comfortably ask them like, how'd you come out? Or, <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
when or when did it happen? And and also the I think there's so much background stories too, not only just coming out, but how is it accepted in whether it your be your professional community, your family, your friend circles, and there's always so many factors and dynamics in every single relationship that it definitely does impact you and how you grow and how you move forward. So yeah, for sure. I mean, even with, um, I mean, as I was, you know, becoming more authentic with myself and others in medical school and in residency, I would just meet other people that were similar. I would meet other bi people. I would meet gay people. I would meet lesbians. Like I would meet people that were being true and authentic to themselves as well. And so I think that the more that you're authentic to yourself, the more that you attract people who are along the same line, for sure. Whether it's professional or personal or what have you, like as long as you're being like, you're shining your light, you're being authentic, then it really does make a huge difference. Agreed. A hundred percent. So true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've definitely, like, enjoyed growing our relationship. She's more of an artist, designer. I'm doctor, so, like, I use my left brain a lot. She uses her right brain a lot, so I feel like we have uh, complimented each other. And we actually did this piece that is behind us. I love it. And it's beautiful, yeah. all the colors. Love the three features of the bodies that you focused on. Everyone, if you're listening, you should just go onto the YouTube channel and make sure that you get a glimpse of this photo. Yes, um, to the YouTube channel. They're, they're acrylic, right? Acrylic paintings with um, the vulva, beautiful breasts, and the and woman's ass. And ass. <laughs> it's gold leaf. <laughs> gold leaf, yeah. And we also stretch these canvases. So we like got a big piece of canvas and cut it down and like stretched them on stretcher bars. Then we did it like from raw canvas, which is really cool. Yes. I didn't have any clue on how (laughs) to do any of those things. And that's why we have, yeah, like she knew about that. I knew like I wanted some <laughs> some type of vulva art and like we made it work together. So this has been our like quarantine project. <laughs> yeah. And also, yeah, we did it together. That's what makes it so much more unique and nothing could ever reduplicate that. So that's yeah. awesome. So yeah, it might be it might be in the next um Evil of Vulva in person exhibit. So if you guys want to see it in person, you have to go to the next exhibit. <laughs> Counting on that. Yes. It's like one day too when we could do events, Kara. Let's have a Vino and Vulva painting event. Yes. Vino and Vulva. I like That's that. Good. That's good. That's good. Vino and Vibes, right? <laughs> That's a good one. And we can even talk about, oh, there's so many ideas. We can even like bring your like toys and like we could do like a toy thing also. <laughs> You know, vulvas and vibes. You know, vibes. Me, me, me. With Vino. <laughs> yes. There's so, so much collaboration in the store. Yeah. And then one of the questions that we had some of our viewers ask too, as a lesbian couple, do you have any favorite toys or favorite couples toys and tips? 
and tricks for a successful relationship? <laughs> well, I think that it is all about like first having a conversation about like what we like, what we don't like, and what is like out of the subject, you know, like what can't be done, won't be touched. And so I feel like once that conversation is had, then, you know, like also talking about like what you want to do, like what I want to do, like what experiences I want to have with using different things like vibrators and dildos and things like that. So I feel like I have yeah, like that is that is what I have wanted to explore. And I've talked with her about exploring it in the in the relationship. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it is definitely a communication thing. And I think it's always an adventure, you know, like exploring different things, exploring different toys. I mean, you've definitely sent some toys for us to explore with and we appreciate it. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's about like what you feel comfortable in doing with your partner or even by yourself, like with your partner watching, like there's, right. there's a lot of, um, options. Good. <laughs> and now and that's so true. And I asked that question only because for our listeners to see what kind of answer, it wasn't anything specific, maybe even because everybody's bodies are different everyone's on a different journey. What's going to be comfortable for you is going to be different than somebody else. And so you by yourself as an individual, as well as with your partner can explore your bodies individually. And then along with a partner to discover what do they like? What do you like? What do you like as a couple? And it could just be endless combinations of fun. (laughs) (laughs) That is very true. Yes. Endless combinations. So (laughs) that is, yeah, that's what, that's what's going on. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we're excited for, for more things in store and for more toys to explore. (laughs) We also wanted to do a giveaway. So this is yeah. like a, a coming out episode giveaway as well. So thanks for having me on the podcast. We from Metamore would love to do a giveaway to all the listeners of Viva La Vulva. And we'll put down the rules and guidelines in the post below. But basically like and follow both of our pages and we will be giving away a Lalo Sona 2 cruise. It's like the new hot toy that gives clitoral stimulation and stimulates the vulva but we are big fans of the air pulse technology and we know that you'll like it yes <laughs> all right so yes follow both of us i mean the instructions will be in the description and it'll also be on our instagrams um so you can follow us there and get uh, more information about the giveaway and when the deadline will be I would say in closing for any successful relationship, whether you're in a straight relationship or a gay, bi, lesbian, it's communicate with your partner and be honest. Yes, for sure. I mean, yeah, like I feel like the basis of any relationship is going to be the same, regardless of what relationship you're in. Yeah. And communication, yes. And honesty is a a huge thing that I think can allow your relationship to last and grow and grow yes (laughs) and grow well thank you 
Dr. Kara, Nolan, Liana. Thank you. Thank you, Lily, for having us on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, um, but yeah, no, I do appreciate you being the guest host and asking us questions <laughs> on this special episode of us talking about our coming out uh, stories for this national coming out day. So if you like the podcast, uh, subscribe, tell your friends and family about it, uh, watch the YouTube channel and go to the website at vivalavulvala.org to sign up for our email list and just get more information about upcoming events. So with that being said, Thank you, ladies, for being on, and I appreciate everyone listening. Bye. Bye. Hello, and welcome back to the Viva Vulva episode. I am your host, Dr. Kara Quant, and I have a another special guest on the podcast today. Uh, this is my friend and colleague, I guess you could say, Dr. Jared Mathai. Uh, hello, the occupational medicine doctor in San Diego, and I wanted him to tell his story about coming out because this is our episode, is our National Coming Out Day episode, and wanted to have stories of empowerment of people, individuals coming out. So I thank you, Dr. Jared, for being on the podcast today. Of course. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, I wanted you to give us your story. Yeah, so I will start. Oh, I'll try to be brief with it. But basically, when I was in college, I was very, I was a little nervous about, you know, coming out in like my freshman, sophomore year. So I was kind of doing things at night um, with like my gay friends and then doing stuff with straight friends. It was like very separated. And no one really knew um, on campus. So, um, I, you know, I would go to the gay clubs on Fridays or Saturdays sometimes. And it, again, it was just all all very hidden. Um, but as I got into like my junior and senior year, I started to become a little bit more comfortable um, with myself. And um, I think my biggest concern was not knowing how a lot of my friends were going to react to me coming out like as a, a gay male. I was in college 2005 to 2009. so it was different times. And I think now I think it's a lot more accepting these days. But um, generally, I think it's just a, you know, different time. Hopefully, it's, you know, a little bit easier for people. But um, I decided to come out to my mother first. um, And that was in my senior year of college. Um, I had went home for the weekend because I was, I went to University of Miami. So I'm from Miami. So was still kind of like local, where I would like go home on the weekends. And Decided to tell her and she started crying, but it wasn't like a disappointed cry. She was just concerned about like how other people's were, other people were going to perceive me. She just felt like it was going to be harder for me, like navigating the world. So she was the first person I came out to. And then I actually, <laughs> I ran into my best friend's sister at a gay club <laughs> one Saturday and I was like freaking out because I was out there with friends and here's she was like walking up towards me and I'm sure it showed on my face like, you know, deer in the headlights and yeah. I was expecting to see someone I knew. You know, she didn't make like a big deal out of it and 
I kind of was like, oh, I'm here, like, set up celebrating with a friend. And she called me, like, the day later. And she's like, Jared, I don't care. Like, I think you should tell Alana, who's her sister, my best friend. So I told her. And then I kind of just, after that, just started to open up to, like, other people. Like, once I started with my mom and then my best friend. And everyone was pretty, like, I was very lucky. Everyone was, like, pretty accepting. Um, everyone in my family knows now. I you know, I always had this like mentality that if if someone didn't wasn't gonna take me who I as who I you know as I was, then you know they didn't need to be in my life. So yeah. pretty much like the gist. Um, my best friend in college as well. I have another friend named Lionel. Him and I like came out to we were like roommates and like hid from each other, even though we both knew what was going on. And we finally were just like, listen, like I know you're gay. And when, once we did that, we were, like, out together, like, all the time during college. Uh-huh. Other people knowing, but, like, at least we had each other. And then it was after college that him and I, like, started coming out to, like, all our college friends. So um, that's kind of, like, how it went down, I would say. But I didn't have, like, any negative experiences, luckily. You know, I've heard of other people having way different stories. Yeah. Um, one of the lucky ones to have people like in my life that were just accepting. Yeah. I was. So was there ever a point in college where you're like, I can't tell anybody or like, I need to continue this lie. Well, I continued to lie for like pretty much from people in college. It was, I mean, I'm sure people had suspicions, but I wasn't going to just tell you, like if you came up to me and asked Yeah. in like my senior year, I would have told you if, you came and asked me like freshman sophomore i would have said like denied it um it was just like a different culture back then like i was around a lot of like straight guy like people would like to, you know have like the gay joke so it was just like you always had that like fear like oh my god like am i gonna lose everyone because they they you know they found out but i think once i was removed from college maybe things would have been different if i would have just been like i'm gay like this is me in, in college like i feel like by those four years, people probably grew a little bit more and like saw more things. So by that time they were more open to it, but I definitely hid and lied about things like the first three years. And then Lionel was the one that I opened up to like actually in college and him and I were friends since high school. And he was like my going out partner. Like, I mean, we did everything together. Yeah. So (laughs) We live in a time that it is more accepting, right? Like yeah, yeah, I think. For anyone to to become more authentic, or at least, yeah, that's, that's the way I think about it. But would you say as, like, a Black male being gay, like, is was there any added pressure? I think so. I mean, I think in the Black, you know, and, like, Latin community, it's not something that's accepted generally, like, in the general population in like the white community so uh, most of my friends in college were you know people of color so that was a concern because I knew where that it was frowned upon like you know people gay bashed and straight guys always like making gay jokes and maybe they weren't like trying to be mean intentionally but when like you're constantly like hearing these things it you're fearful of like the backlash of like people actually knowing who you are so um, I definitely think there's room for growth within like the black and Latin community as a whole to be more accepting um, that, you know, you have the church community who 
religious community who's, you know, frowned upon it as well. And a lot of, you know, POCs, you know, are in the, you know, are churchgoers and faith, you know. So definitely a lot more growth in that community. But I think it's definitely gone in the right direction. But yeah, everyone's not accepting, of course. Yeah. I just wanted to yeah, have a conversation with you, let everyone know your story, and maybe someone who is listening can feel inspired, maybe if they haven't come out to their parents or friends or what have you, that it probably feels better. I know for myself, it feels better to be more authentic. And- right. I agree. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Dr. Jared. And with that being said, thank you everyone for tuning in to the Viva La Vulva podcast. I am again your host, Dr. Kara Quant. If you enjoy the podcast, subscribe and let your friends and family know about it. And with that being said, bye.